All right, Grant, thanks for joining me, brother. Pleasure. Thanks for having me, mate. Now, Grant, who's Grant, man? Can you just tell our listeners? Just give, give us a bit of background about yourself, man. Yeah, well, um, I'm probably known to most people as Tassie. That's my nickname and uh, fighting name. But um, no, just a, a you know, bloke from Tasmania. Um, obviously, my father and grandfather were, were both champion boxers and all my uncles. So boxing was in the blood. And as a young kid, I think five years old, I just... Um, you know, all the stories about my family and I, I just, yeah, my dad started teaching me how to punch at a young age and then, um, yeah, just fell in love with the sport and started officially when I was 13, had my first amateur fight and um, never looked back. Yeah, set goals and and pretty much accomplished most of them. How did that, um, how did the transition come? So were you playing any sports before boxing? Or that was kind of yeah, your like I, Yeah, loved Aussie rules. I played, played Aussie rules, um, you know, um, in primary school and high school, played cricket, outdoor and indoor. Um, yeah, like I loved all sports, and um, and that was the thing. Though. Then when I started boxing, I had my first fight. I think I had two fights. I was still playing football when I was real small. I was like 40, 45, 48 kilo or something. And and Dad's like, you know, you can't keep doing both. Like you're so small for football. If you get injured, then you won't be able to start. You won't be able to keep boxing. And I got picked for this, my first state team after my third fight. So I was going to the Nationals. And he said, like, now, you, you know, you, you have to make a choice. And so I chose boxing. And obviously, I'm happy with that decision because, uh, yeah, I don't think I would have played AFL. And I'm pretty competitive. If I wouldn't have been the best, I wouldn't have been interested. So, um, yeah, it was all right. Obviously, it was all right. Build for boxing. It was in the blood. And um, once I started it, I was just obsessed with it, like, I've always been obsessed with the sport in general. Like, I'm, you know, encyclopedia. I re-research all the old legends and I can hold my conversation with anyone, even the great Freddie Roach in, in America. I've talked boxing with him and he even said I've got a good IQ. So it's pretty good come from him. Awesome, bro. What have you learned from boxing, man? What has it taught you? My life, you know what I mean? I don't even know where I'd be. I don't even know who, who I am if I wasn't for boxing. I mean, my whole... My whole Everything is, you know, known as boxing. Like I, um, everything like, you know, dedication, determination, the will, just the. Uh, I mean, I've owned gyms in the past, and I've helped a lot of troubled youth, street kids, um, you know, in Sydney and Tasmania and Victoria. But um, I always say to them, I mean, like, you know, boxing can give you a life. It, it teaches you the, just you know, as I said, the, the discipline and the punctuality and to respect your coach, respect people around you to be on time, to to train for something, you know, to have that motivation and where you're just obsessed with being the best and wanting to better yourself. So, I mean, while you're doing that, you're not getting in trouble, you're not doing drugs, you're not smoking, you're not drinking. Um, so I've always been very passionate about teaching the, the kids and the, and, the, and the youth about um, what it's done for me. I mean, I've been to 14 countries. I've, I've, I've done that many things, all for boxing. I mean, it's just, um, yeah, it's just been a, a great journey and I try and give the younger generation that, you know, part of what my life has been and, and what they can do if they work hard, though, you've got to want it more than anything. Yeah, I love that, man. Um, so how far did boxing take you, man? How many pro fights? Well, um, start with the amateurs. I mean, m my goal, and I think anyone's goal, would be to represent their country, and that's what yep. I, I achieved. Um, I was lucky enough um, in 99 to get picked in the Australian team for the Oceania Games, which is like the pre-Olympics. Wow. Um, 
it was it was actually held in Tahiti. What a well, that was my first international trip. So um, after a, a fair few fights in in um, in competitions, I um, went to the AIS uh, Institute of Sport in Canberra. I was based there with the rest of the team for about six weeks, and with the Australian coach, Coach Bodo Andreas. Um, you know, there were some stars there: Jamie Pittman, Michael Cassidis, Greg Eady, Chris Hamilton. It was huge. So, um, yeah, we we tra- in training camp three times a day, and um, got presented my grinning old tracksuit. And this was the ch- like this was the dream I had from the young age. Like this was it. Like, and yeah, it was amazing. So, um, yeah, I went over there and, and competed, and um, yeah, and that was amazing. And then. Um, I just missed out on the Sydney Olympics, which that was my my main goal. Um, so yeah, and that was obviously you know pretty hard. But after that, then I decided to turn pro, and I was lucky enough, obviously, to to turn pro under Jeff Fennick um, and Billy Usain, Team Fennick. So yeah, I actually moved to Sydney at 18 to further my career. So I left Tasmania, and that was all to train for the Olympics. But when I missed out, I was actually with Johnny Lewis first in Newtown. Oh, this wow. boys club trained alongside Costa Zoo. I sparred Costa when I was 18. Um, and we've got a lifelong friendship, which I can talk about later. But, um, yeah, and then obviously I was with Johnny for three years. And then when I missed out in the Olympics and I, I turned pro and I was with Jeff and um, sparring the great Nadal Hussain, Victor Chinian, Hussain Hussain every day. Oh, um, so I was in the best team. Vic's a mate of mine. I've sparred him probably over 100 times easy and used to get pretty much bashed up every day by him. But, um, and obviously, you know, Skinny and Hussain are saying, um, it just, it was just a great gym. Denny Green, there to Hemden. We, me and Greeny turned pro at the same time. He moved from Perth, I moved from Tassie. So, Shannon Taylor was there, Glenn Kelly. It was just oh, wow. the who's who. And, yeah, it was the, you pay to watch the spar and it was just legit uh, amazing. So, uh, and obviously, Billy Hussain is my, my lifelong friend and, and Jeff Fennick. Um, yeah, it was blessed to be, part of that environment so um i'm pretty happy to say i've trained with the best in australian history so what's it like man when you get in there and spa it's 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 business eh? so outside the ring you guys are having a bit of banter having a bit of a chat but as soon as you guys get in there it's war eh? yeah yeah i mean like sometimes i, I drive the train with the boys or vic or or danny or nate hamden or someone like with yeah that's exactly right yeah you, you're talking to that once you're in there but yeah it's, it's all business i mean everyone would have a fight coming up. You might have a fight coming up on the same, you'd be on the same show as the boys or, or a different show, but everyone's got their own, their own journey. I mean, um, but as soon as you step in there, yeah, it's all business, you know what I mean? And, um, and that's it, you know, you, you, you go in and, and, and then you, you go home, but that's it. You, and you repeat it each day. I mean, that's the whole, the whole thing, but um, you enjoy it. There's always a bit of banter with the boys, but once you're in there and especially with them guys who are, they were obviously at a higher level than me, they were world championship level. Um, and they hit hard, so I had to be on my game every day. I mean, it was no, it wasn't, it wasn't fun and thrills. It was literally they hurt them boys, known for knocking out people. So I had to be on my game, and lucky enough to say I'll never stop by any of the boys. I actually finished every round, and even though I admit they were a lot better than me, um, I finished on my feet. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot, mate. I just want to get in, get into uh, Johnny Lewis, man. I was talking to uh, Joe Williams last week, and he said, our- "Joe Williams, he's a, mate, a good mate of mine." Yeah, yeah, I was having a chat with him last week and he was saying how Johnny Lewis saved his life. I know, Joe Williams is a top fella. Yeah, yeah, he's a good he's a good he's a good boy. Um yeah, Johnny Lewis, mate, look, he was like a father figure to everyone in the gym. Um he's the one that named me Tazzy. Um the Tazzy Devil. So he uh look, 
had a great relationship with him and um, still talk to him to this day. Um, obviously, he's trained legends like Costa Zou, Jeff Fennick, Hitman Harding, Gary Sinclair, Justin Russell, the who's who, love more to do, Jimmy Reynolds, um, Billy Dib. I mean, he's, he's trained everyone. He's just, uh, and he's just got a way of, a way to get the best out of you. The, the way he speaks, he makes you want to work hard for him. He makes you want to win for him. He's just got this way. Um, he's just, yeah, no, he's a legend. I mean, I'm, I'm blessed to have, yeah, I had a chapter in my life that was at the gym. Actually, I used to live at the gym for a while before I got a accommodation when I was 18. I lived in Costa Zoo's massage room in Newtown. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, it was, a, yeah, it was pretty funny. But yeah, until I got a place with a couple of other boxes. But uh, yeah, like Johnny, Johnny's a big influence on me. And I'm, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to say that I've, I've had that, you know, experience with him. Man, everyone says that about him too. They said he's got that way of connecting with people. Like, he talks you into really believing in yourself and you just don't want to let him down. That's that's very true. And he's done it with, I mean, um, you know, I know he's done rugby league or rugby union, Australian teams, and he's a motivational speaker. Yeah, it's just funny, but he's just such a... He loves it. He won't leave Erskineville or Newtown. He's just, love, he's just, he's just a real... Like, he's, um, you wouldn't think that he had all this fame or fortune. He's just... Uh, Hang on, mate. You have a drink at the party. He's just, he's just <laughs> such a... Uh, just a uh, yeah. yeah, no, I've got a, yeah, so many good memories, mate. It makes me smile thinking about it, you know. So I walk around Newtown at Erskineville with the great Johnny. So, yeah. Good old Erko. Um, mate, now, uh, now Costa. I've heard some stories, man. I don't know if they're true or not, but one of the guys I used to train with, Michael, he's, he used to say how Costa Zoo's dad used to stand there with um, clean T-shirts and he would go through shirts until they're soaked and just keep changing them and changing them. Apparently his work ethic was crazy, man. Yeah, well, I mean, his, his dad, Boris, is a, is a great, great, great man. And um, as I said, I was 18 years old. I got the opportunity to train with Johnny Lewis. And, and at the time, Costa Zoo was the IBF world champion um, before he was undisputed. Costa was like, I mean, Jeff Fennick was my first idol in boxing, but then Costa Zoo was just knocking everyone out. He had the, the pony the rat's tail, which I actually grew that as well. I had that when I was 16. Um, it's just amazing. So I was in awe watching him. And then obviously, you know, getting to know him, um, sparring him on two occasions back in 97. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just obviously used to talk to him a lot and used to, yeah, get on really good with him. And then, um, and then obviously he become undisputed champion and, uh, and then years later, he moved back to Russia. Well, actually, so when I when I when I met Costa, Tim Zoo was two years old. So that's when I, I'm good friends with Tim. I told him you were two years old when I met you. And um, and obviously then when Costa Zoo moved back to Russia, I went over and visited him. In, um, 2017, I went to Moscow for a month. And Costa Zoo, who was I can't explain the fame. It's like many packing on the Philippines. Costa Zoo was that famous in Russia. Yeah. He obviously has dinner with President Putin. He um, can't walk the streets without security. He's that famous. He's on TV all the time. He's at a restaurant. And he looked after me over there. We caught up a fair few times. I went to dinner at his restaurant. And when I was there the first time in, in June 2017, Tim was there training with his dad. So me and Timmy hanged out in Russia and um, and really reconnected from when he was like a little kid. And, and we're very close now. I go to all his fights and... Um, Really love the kid, him and his him and his beautiful partner Alex, and um, it's just yeah, I'm I'm really behind Tim Zoo a lot, and and I rang, I FaceTime Costa that night in in Russia after he beat Jeff Horn, and he answered straight away, and um, yeah, but yeah, as I said, like Costa's just a, one of the greatest fighters 
in, in any era, um, undisputed light waterweight champion, the best super um, super lightweight I think ever, um, and just yeah, his work ethic was next level, and um, and I'm pretty honoured to have that connection with him. And yeah, I've been there twice now in Russia, and I'm going back next year once things get better and he roll out the red carpet again. That's huge, bro. Boxing's given you a lot, mate. <laughs> Sure has, man. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh it's it's crazy. I mean, the journey took you on, and and also too. I mean, a big thing was to take boxing back to Tasmania. Um, I started promoting down there as well because Tasmania hadn't had pro boxing for over twenty something years, and I took it back there and promoted Daniel Gill um, before he was world champion. He was my my former state teammate in Tassie, and obviously promote Luke Jackson, who's um yeah my brother. Um, okay. who's still currently training and promoting, and uh, we'll get to that obviously soon. And uh, but um yeah man, it's it's been great. But actually to give my hometown of Hobart live boxing on a big level, um to get all the people involved, the media, and where we're packing our crowds down there over the last few years, and I'm I'm really really humbled that um. I could do that, you know, after everything I've learned in my life to go back and give Tasmania everything I've seen on the big stage, you know, as big as we can get anyway, you know. So that's been a, it's been a good thing, you know. That's awesome, man. How hard is it transitioning out of, you know, like, like when you're fighting, bro, when you're a pro fighter, you're under the lights, people are cheering, and then you retire. A lot of people find that transition very hard, bro. How was that for you, man? Mate, I hit a wall and got very depressed. I that's mate, that's the best point. Um, in '09, I retired. I I was eight and I was a pro. Um, and four KOs. I should have had twenty fights. So I that many pullouts in my career, like day before, week before, or, or even this was the the day of the fight. I was on the Daniel Gill, Anthony Mundine undercard in Brisbane. Oh no, '09, their first fight. I was on the I was a um, on pay per view. Um, I think I was the fight before Sonny Bill's Williams' debut. Anyway, um, I trained for three months. So I was training with Billy Usain. I was fine. Billy did Victor Chinian, Anthony Mundine, and love more to do. So I was in great preparation. Me and Luke Jackson went over together. He was um he he was at the time injured, so he was helping me at that stage. And and yeah, I weighed in. I was fighting a guy from Thailand. We made weight. Um, and shook hands, and then yeah, that that morning I'm ready to go. I'm at breakfast with Luke. We're at a shopping centre in Brisbane, and in my head I'm fighting tonight. I'm all the messages. Good luck, and I get a phone call from Mundine's manager saying, "Tazzy, um, your opponent's blood test is hepatitis C. Um, you can't fight him. He's oh wow. I'm like what? He's like yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You obviously you can't fight him. And I'm like oh my god. And and there was no way to get a replacement it was too late so yeah I actually remember my mum and dad and god bless them, and I burst into tears I said the fight's off and I just I thought geez I worked so hard for this it was my night on pay-per-view and that's it so I've done an interview with Barry Michaels and I think um Paul Upham on on uh, the main event pay-per-view and I announced my retirement and they said oh you're a bit emotional don't make that decision yet and I said no I'm done and uh I went back to Tassie had a press conference and um there and then after that I just didn't know myself anymore I just I had nothing to train for because people know boxers we have a date we look forward to a date you're given a date from a promoter and that's it that's we live that we live and breathe for that date we train we do everything for that date you haven't got that date then what are you doing or who are you I mean I never studied that much I never had a trade it was just boxing and I mean all of a sudden I'm I'm just another member of the public I mean um yeah I felt 
I felt weird. And I did. I did have a bit of battle with depression for a little while. Yeah, which was really tough. Um, so, but I got yeah. I got through it. But yeah, how'd you um? So how'd you get out of that, man? What was the next step? Did you start coaching people or? Yeah, they opened up a gym, um, Tassie Boxing Academy, um, the Western Suburbs in Hobart. As I said, they hooked up with youth. So they trained some good amateur kids. Um, kind of putting the energy into other people, man. You really get a lot out of it. Yeah, teaching the fundamentals and just helping a lot of um, a lot of kids. One in particular was eight years old, um, lost his dad to a drug overdose, a single mother. Um, he started hanging around, you know, some bad crowd at, at the age of eight and it, and it did, didn't look good for him. And she brought him out to me. I don't know, something about this kid, we just clicked. And I really um, told him every day that if you want to be someone, stop hanging around little dickheads but, and, 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 um, and be passionate and train and be dedicated and uh, the sky's the limit. I'm going to fast forward to now. That kid's 18 years old, five-time national champion. One of the best young amateur boxers in Australia. He's uh, about to graduate college and has two jobs at Bunnings and uh, and Rebel Sport. And he's a wow. beautiful kid. How good that? Yeah, his name's Sebastian Wells. He turned 18 last week. Um, I've been his mentor since that day, since he came to me. And I, I just, I don't know, I guess I just believed him and tried to, but I give tough love. I don't sugarcoat things because I've seen everything in the world, the good and the bad. And I was telling him, if you want to be like that, You'll be like that. Trust me, you don't want to go there. You want to work hard, be dedicated, live and breathe, boxing, or whatever you want to do in life, you'll get there. If you want it, you'll get there. No excuses, no, poor me, why this, why that. Just get it done. Get it done. Yeah. Bro, like Lee Jackson says, let's fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually just going to mention Jacko because he's got, he's got it, bro. Like, he can just grit his teeth and fucking get it done, you know? No one knows Luke better than me, bro. No one, um, yeah. you know, he'll, he'll, yeah, he'll let me say that. We're, we've got a very close bond. We've been through a lot together, mate. Um, brothers since 2005, 2006. Um, boxing 08, since I've been part of his actual career um, as a trainer and as a, um, as a promoter. But just a friendship that'll be there forever. So we've been through it all, man. And no one's got his work ethic. Works harder than everyone. Um, He's been there and done at the Olympics, London, and obviously then over in um, Windsor Park fighting Carl Frampton, you know, in front of all those crazy Irish. I mean, um, yeah, and he's still there now. He's still ready to go. We're going to fight. Um, I'm promoting him again March 27th in Hobart. We're going back for the first time in three years. And, um, yeah, one last one last shot of it. Awesome, bro. I hear the passion in your voice, bro, eh? He really is a brother. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mate. Of course he is. Yeah, it means, oh, mate. Oh, we, I can't say too much, but, um, yeah, I've got that many memories, mate. It's just <laughs> funny, you know. Like, we're just two Tassie boys, mate. Both redheads from Tassie, but the ginger, Canelo. Um, <laughs> and we just had a crack, you know. Like, we just wanted to be different. We wanted to make it. I mean, and, you know, I mean, I obviously didn't quite get to do as much as he did, like, you know, but, I mean, we're both... We both obviously made our mark in Tasmania and Australia. And, um, yeah, we, we both, you know, that's what I try and tell people. Whatever you want, you can make it happen. I mean, I didn't want to just be your normal, live the normal life in Hobart. I wanted to explore the world and make a mark, leave a legacy, you know? I love that, bro. And moving forward, man, how's the promoting side of things going? <clears throat> Good, man. I've done 14 shows. Um, as I said, anywhere from 
Daniel Gilder, Luke Jackson. I've uh, helped a lot of guys come up through the ranks. Uh, Plugger Joseph, he was Australian champion. I, I've got Bo Bell, but he's 3-0. And I've had him on uh, the Horns Rafa first fight on the, on the card. Last one was on Fox Sports. Um, he's a really talented welterweight. Um, I took Joe Corner to China. I've took boxes to Canada. Um, but the promoting management side's been good. As I said, and I've, uh, my first show was 400 people. My last show was about 2,000 people. So I've built it up over the years, man. And uh, we'll go back first one in three years, March 27th, after COVID. And we'll pack out another crowd. And I'll have Lee Jackson fighting for a regional belt with a, a, a real uh, jam-packed undercard in Hobart. Awesome, bro. Exciting, mate. So, Exciting. Yeah, so... And it's good at the moment, too. I'm organising it right now. It's giving me something to do for my mind because being in Melbourne, having been locked down for, like, six months or something, um, I really need this, too, you know. So I'm, I was talking to Billy Hussain the other day, who's my lifelong brother, and he's like, Taz, you got six months. Don't do too much now. I'm like, mate, I need this. I'm... I'm doing. I'm ringing now. I'm ringing everyone. I'm, you know, I'm pre-organising this six months out. I need it. How true is it, bro? Like you put, like what you put into your training. It's the same thing you put into your business. It's so true. Right? That same energy. So I love it, man. You know, like you're making the calls now, and it's the same thing you would have done with your training, bro. You know, you're obsessed with it. You got to be. You got to be obsessed. If you're gonna like, you can be good at something or okay something, but to be a champion. You got to you got to be obsessed. I would have made the Australian team because I wasn't always gifted. I mean, I I don't put myself down, but my you know my father and grandfather, you know, like they were just naturals, and you know some of the guys that I I was um, around the same time as amateurs, they had way more natural ability, just more speed, more power, more reflexes. But I I just wanted it that bad. I was up at five a.m. running in the cold winter in Hobart before school. I never partied, I've never drank, I've never done drugs, I've never smoked. Um, that teenage years when you get the opportunity to do those things with your mates, I, I refused to. I was obsessed. And they, they said I was boring and all this, but I said, well, man, I've got goals. And, you know, I, I wanted it that bad. So I worked harder than anyone. And obviously I was tough and obviously used to get bashed every day by everyone at you know, Jeff's gym and, and Johnny's gym. But I mean, I wanted it and I wouldn't take a backward step. And I know that nothing comes easy in life. And that's the thing I'm very big on. Stop worrying about what you don't have or, 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 or worry about what you do have. Worry about what you, what you can manage. If you want it, just go get it. I, don't, I can't handle sookie stories. Just go and get it. Shut up and go and fucking get it. Part of my I'll, language. Just go and get it. Get it done. I love it, bro. There's always a way, bro. No one's going to hand you a boxing title. No one's going to hand you a million dollars. No one's going to give you this mad business. Go and get it. Just, you know what I mean? And I've always had the attitude. I'll, there's nothing I won't go for if I want it. If I, wanna, if I wanted to be on the moon, I would have been an astronaut. Easy. I love that, bro. I love, it, mind, I love that mindset. That's something boxing would have given you too, bro, because there's no hiding. You've got to you, no... you get through the resistance. Mate, there's another thing I like to say, because, I mean, a lot of people around boxing and think they're boxers and, and whatever. But I find it very hard if you haven't, you know, been in the ring or at that level. When you're walking to the ring, no one can help you. The crowd's there. It could be a local crowd who your friends and family. It could be 
your opponent's backyard. Could be another state, could be another country. You're walking to the ring with your coach. Now this is it. This is rule now. There's no backing out. There's nothing can save you. So if you're not what you said you are, and if you're not what you believe you are, you're going to get found out in the ring in front of a lot of people. It's going to be embarrassing. So you've got to be sure and you've got to know you've worked hard and you've got to just back up your words. How many people talk shit in this life? You know what I mean? They just talk smack, especially social media. Oh, my God, does my head in. <laughs> yeah. All right? In boxing, no one, hey, you've got to be the real deal. You can talk, but you have to back it up in boxing. <laughs> you can't fake it. It's you and the other bloke. Your coach can't help you. Under the bright lights, in front of a crowd, now it's time. Let's see what you're made of, big boy. And that's the thing, mate. I've done that. Luke Jackson's done that. Everyone, you know, people I know have done that. Mate, so many people in this day and age, like, and um, as I said, if you ain't done it, then I can't, you know, it's hard to respect anyone that just talks. I, mean, I don't. Yeah. Talks nothing. I love that, bro. Go. Yeah. Mate, I, real talk, I, was, I was in the car with my missus yesterday, uh, the other day and um, I said to her, I need to run another marathon. And, bro, I've got this thing where, because I post a, I post a lot about, you know, doing shit, doing hard things. And then sometimes I feel like a fraud because I'm like, fuck, when was the last time I really pushed myself, man? So then yeah. I jumped in my email inbox and then there was an email there from Blackmore's Marathon. I go, fuck, you know what? I'm going to fucking run a mar- another marathon. Because there's that there's right. kind of thing there, bro. You know, like mm. you got to be in the arena, you know what I mean? Kind of doing it. So that's why I respect you guys, man. Because there's only one way to do it, bro. Find out who you really are. 100%. And there's a lot of great people in the sport, um, you know, that to help a lot of things and, and do a lot of great stuff. And, but I'm just very old school. I'm, you know, um, if you haven't been there and done it, um, it's hard to talk. You know, it's hard to sort of give someone advice, give a young kid advice. If you haven't been in that position, if you haven't, um, you know, been hurt in a fight, go back to the corner, you know, um, and, the, and the coach asks, you want to continue? And obviously you do. But if you haven't been in that position, it's hard. How are you going to give advice to a young kid? You know, you haven't been there. You haven't have felt the nerves in the change rooms, hearing the crowd roar. You haven't lost weight in the sauna, losing four kilos in two hours or just, you know, trying to make the weight. You haven't had a proper meal for two weeks or having that water for 30 hours. If you haven't done that, how can you, tell, how can you explain to a, a young fighter what they're going through? You don't know. Bro, bro, Luke talks about being in the bubble. How's that? Mate, can you explain, because a lot of people call it the zone, the bubble. What's that like, Grant? You know, getting into a fight, eight weeks eight weeks out of a fight. Are you in the bubble? 100%. That's, as I said, that's all about that date. As soon as that date's announced, you're in the, you're in the bubble from that day, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, that's all That's all. That's the plan. I mean, everything's for that fight. Every, every training session, everything you eat, your rest is important as well. Everything's for that fight. You're not going out to a nightclub. You're not going out to a fancy dinner with your with your girlfriend. You, everything's for that fight. You live like a you live like a poor man. You go to bed hungry. You know, um, yeah. You live like a pauper. Everything's just for that fight. You're in a bubble, and everything's just trying to to get ready for that date. And that's it. That's all. That's all the focus. Nothing else matters around you, at all. 
It's just that that date in your head. And w- and when are you most nervous, bro? Is it walk into the ring just before the fight in the change room? When's the worst nah. part? Everyone's different. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess in the change rooms, you just when you're just getting sort of getting your hands taped and um, you start thinking about things and and obviously, I mean, um. I never fear getting hurt at all. I mean, my head can be bashed and, and made more ugly than what it is now. Um, never bother me. But obviously, a fear of losing, a fear of letting my family down and a fear of embarrassment. I don't like admitting that a man's better than me in anything. So it's a bit of a macho thing. You don't want to admit that he was better. So obviously, so that was a fear. But my personal way, walking to the ring, that was my energy. I used to, have to do a bit of an entrance in Tassie, a bit like Prince Nazim Hamed. Um, oh, yeah, a bit like it. <laughs> so I was a bit flashy, but I used to use it for my to, just for my confidence and, and the energy, and I used to feed off the crowd, and when I used to walk through the ring, just nothing but pure confidence, like even arrogance. I was just you not you don't deserve to be in the same ring as me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it done. I just that mental approach and, and people... People used to say, oh, he just looks so arrogant. Well, I'm not arrogant, but I mean, yeah, maybe in the fight, yeah, I am arrogant. I'm here. To, I've worked. I know what I've done. I know what I've done for the last three months. I hope you've done the same because I'm ready and I'm going to, yeah, you know, I'm not going to let you take this from me. I'm not going to get beat. I'm not going to be embarrassed. And, and that was the whole thing. I just used to, yeah, just, just go into a zone, but use it to pump myself up. You know what I mean? Everyone's yeah. different. But I, yeah, I was just used to just, yeah. That, that was it. I was just, mm. I love that, bro. You got me fired up now. I want to go run around the block. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Get, hey, I yeah. see you getting fired up too, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's still with me, man. I'm 42 years old. Um, I still I still work out regularly and, and train as much as I can. You know, yeah, I mean, I, oh, no. You wish you can go back tomorrow. I mean, you, you think back and, I mean, all the best stories of my life has been through my boxing career, whether it's, Trips and you know, I've been to America. Um, or, you know, whether it's going to the Mayweather gym or the Wildcard gym, or you know, meeting Canelo or Tyson Fury, or or going to Canada or Russia or wherever, man. Like it's uh, everything's boxing. You know, the fighting in front of my home crowd in Tasmania, fighting on Fox Sports live. You know, just some of the highlights of my life. I would order boxing, man. And yeah, you wish you could relive it. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what I tell people, enjoy it where you can, you know, and, and milk, milk it for everything you can. Because it goes like that. It goes in a heartbeat, you know, from, from uh, 90, 92 to 2009. Boom. Wow. You know. Well, it's going to fly, eh? Hey? It does. It does, you know. And, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it was my decision. I could have kept going for a lot longer. But, you know, I've been in the game that long, as I said, and, you know, you you feel like you're training all the time and you're, you're hardly getting fights and and you thought, you know, I'd always wanted to finish with my faculties and, and as I said, but, um, you know, I'm still part of the sport. As I said, I manage, I promote and I train. So I'm, I can't do any more in the sport than what I'm doing. Yeah, that's it. I'm actually, I'm very close with Solomon Egberheim. I don't know if you know him. He's a, he was an Aussie fighter. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nigerian, yeah. but he was an Aussie champion. Yeah, yeah. I met him a couple of times. Um, seen him fight a few times. And he fought a mate of mine, Bobby Antonakos, once at a Bankstown or 
the Kemba. Um, he was good. I think he was like a junior waterweight, waterweight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he kind of he kind of has that uh, same analogy because he said he was very inactive when he fought. Like he would be out of the yeah. ring for two years, three years. Yeah. yeah. Issues outside the ring, but now he goes. He gets up. He still runs every day. I train with him twice a week. But um, he's, he's still- based in Sydney now, is he? Yeah, he's in Tempe, man. Because yeah, he used to be based in Melbourne at all, or not? Nah, not that I know of, man. Nah, yeah, unless he had a couple yeah, fights. No. Unless he had a couple fights down there, but yeah, he's in Tempe. Yeah. No, he was he was good. He was good. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I think he would have been one of the lot because a lot of them, um, a lot of the African boxers stayed around after the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games, and yeah, he was good. Yeah. Yeah, Sydney. Yeah, Sydney, two thousand. But um, yeah, he's still got that thing where he's got to get up and run. And he's fucking got a. He's got to bike twenty k's a day because there's always yeah. in the back of your guy's head, eh? You got to keep moving. So I love that, bro. And I love that you're taking it yeah. and promoting and still doing good things, bro. Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's just you know, it's great to be part of something that you love and something that's been part of your life for so long. And and plus, it's to help people to see, you know, whether it's the young kids or the, or the experienced ones like Luke. It's just good to be part of um. Knowing that you're helping, you're helping people. You know, you're helping because um, it's a tough sport. It's not for everyone. Um, but as I said, I, I've, I've experienced a lot in the sport. It's given me a good life, and I've uh, I owe it a lot. So to give back, um, it means a lot. You know, and I'm lucky enough to have some good mentors around. If I if I need a phone call, Billy Usain or or uh, or Johnny Lewis or you know Jeff or anyone, man, I'm lucky to have that too. You know, to get some advice, which I'm I'm usually always. <clears throat> usually picking Billy Billy's brain a lot, always, you know what I mean? So um, I hold him in very, very high regards. And um, I'm usually always, you know, picking his his brain, sometimes for three hours, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome, bro. Now, now, where's the future? What's the future look like for you, brother? Tazzy? Me? Um, yeah, well, I mean... I, I Do you mean, want to push this promoting I, or get into the more coaching side? <laughs> Do you have any plans? Yeah, look... Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a good business in in Melbourne. I mean, I, I moved to Melbourne a couple of years ago, and I um, you know, I've got a good uh one-on-one PT boxing business at Boxing Fitport Melbourne, um, owned by Mick Hargrave. So I, I work there, and I train a lot of clients. I train a lot of the sort of the socialites and a few of the um, you know, a few of the sort of uh, reality TV people in Melbourne. You know what I mean? A few of the footy players like Dustin Martin and. A few of the people off a few of those reality shows. So how does Dustin, how does Dustin go? Goes he good. He can, it, can yeah. throw. He can fight, man. He goes well, real good. Awesome. <laughs> Legend of a guy too. Yeah. Very humble. <clears throat> so um, so I got a good training business. Um, I actually uh, yeah, just want to keep building that. I'll keep promoting and um, yeah, and go from there. And obviously I uh, I'll um. Probably hope to get married in the next couple of years too. So I go down that path and and obviously have my first child would be a, a dream too, you know. So yeah, so we'll um, see how that goes. Awesome, brother. Mate, your best years are ahead then, mate. Yeah, that's it, you know what I mean? Um, you know, I always say it's never over till it's over and until that final bell rings and uh I've always been I always want to get the most out of life. Um, you know, and I already have done more than most and uh I'll keep getting as much as I can out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've always, you know, I'm very, very big on, on that. But um, yeah, but I'll see, you know, a lot of my plans are with my fiance and, and, you know, and hopefully we can build a good life together and she might be able to tame 
the Tasmanian beast and <laughs> keep him in his cage for a while because, uh, yeah, I'm pretty out there. But I think I've mellowed a little bit in my uh, recent years. But um, a lot of the boys in Sydney know me. And uh, the first thing that I'd say, they just go, man, he's crazy. That kid's crazy. <laughs> Never change them, brother. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's all he's got to tone it down a notch, though. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you can't, you just can't, um, you just can't. Different generations can't do what you used to do. Life's different now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, boys oh. to be boys, mate. You know what I mean? So it's definitely as Jacko changed. knows. <laughs> Actually, um, mate, I was I was listening to Matty John's podcast, and they said bring back Red Dragon, and he goes, mate, there's no way I could fucking bring back Red Dragon this day and age. <laughs> yeah everyone's yeah, offended like, <laughs> oh yeah that's it politically correct and all that stuff like the social media all that all the all the um everyone's an expert on everything you know what i mean and um yeah it's a different generation i don't think it's it's a better life i think life was better back in the day i think i feel for the kids um that netflix thing social dilemma really good documentary about how Everyone's addicted to the iPhones and the iPads and the and the apps and and how it's um yeah it's really not good for this generation of kids. It's really tough. Yeah, mate, they mate they're picking it up even sooner, bro. Like they know how to use it yeah. at five years old. It's crazy, man. I know. I've got three god kids, and I think the two-year-old or three-year-old. No, I don't, I've got no idea with these technology things. You know what I mean? I, I had a job to get this Zoom thing going with you today, <laughs> mate. But uh. Yeah. Look, it is what it is. You can't stop progress. You can't stop it. But I mean, I, I just, I hope that this generation still have the values and still know the, just the little things we were given as kids. I mean, like, you know, to go outside and play cricket and football with your dad and your uncles and your mates and and um, to go to build and build things and just, I don't know, just that, yeah, I mean, don't be locked inside. Just, just, you know, on your bloody phone. I mean, that's, yeah, just uh, live life. There's a, there's a great world out there. And I'm blessed to have been to a lot of countries and um, experienced some great things. Even been to Dracula's Castle in Romania on Halloween. Not many people have done that. Oh, wow. Two-hour drive with uh, my brother, Wayne Howard, who's a world champion powerlifter. We drove up in the snow in Transylvania to Bronn and um, to Dracula's Castle, the legend of Dracula. It was actually on Halloween, so where people actually live like, not just dress up as vampires, they live like that. They actually believe in Dracul and all that stuff. But it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy, man. It was oh, wow. That, um, yeah. You bump into yeah, a few story. of them over there? Sorry? You bump into a few of them over there? We partied with them. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, jeez. They were sharing blood in a glass. Oh, and people were drinking it. That's Everyone it. Really drank it except for me. Fucking crazy, huh? It was my mate that wanted to go. He's into that sort of thing. And I just went along because we've been in Russia. So we flew to Bucharest and then drove up to uh, Bron up in the mountains where the legend of Vlad the Impaler, um, Dracul Castle, it's, yeah. And there was a big Halloween party. And next level, man, I've seen some weird shit. Trust me. <laughs> That's it, bro. That's a different party. <laughs> Different oh, no. kind of party, man. Yeah, so I was a little bit freaked out, but yeah, but it was fun to say I've done that. So yeah, awesome. You know, that's the thing, man. Just yeah. as we just as we wrap up, Tazzy. Now, bro, what's the best place you've been to, man? I love Russia, man. Yeah, what's Moscow. Russia like? The best. Just so I don't know. I'm obsessed with it. As Timmy knows. Um, of course, I didn't really know. 
if I like it, like, I mean, we get a different view here because we're very much with America. Yeah. Russia is the best, man. People are great. Um, it's so, our, like, Moscow's like New York. It's just so busy and it's just next level. It's just awesome. Every day was amazing. I spent a month there in June, 017, and I spent another two weeks there in November, 017. And I was booked to go back last year. But um, it didn't happen. But, yeah, but it's just it's just awesome. Love it. I was in karaoke. I go karaoke bars and I do shisha and karaoke. And How do they people, get on the people, drink? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not a drinker, but, yeah, they're big on the drink. That's a bit different because, yeah, I, that's not my thing. But, yeah, they obviously, yeah, they love their vodka and that. But uh, it's just awesome, man. I love it. I just really, I've got some dear friends there in boxing and powerlifting. Um, no, it's an unreal experience, yeah. So, I mean... That and uh, I really like Budapest in Hungary. That was a, that was good. I liked there and um, and obviously I've had some good times in New York, LA, um, and Vegas. I mean that's standard. But I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. Russia number one, probably Budapest, Romania. Yeah, I like Eastern Europe. I really do. Awesome, man. Yeah, they're places I've never been to because everyone just talks about you know the Greece's, the Italy's, the Spain. So that's awesome, bro. Yeah, You've actually never been to. I've been to Rome, but I've never been to Greece or Italy. Got no really plans to go there. Um, yeah, and no, I like Eastern Europe. I like to be different. I like to, yeah, talk, be where other people haven't been, and just yeah, I've always been that different. Even when I was a kid, I was always dressed up as an Indian, not the cowboy. Always, uh-huh. always, always on my, you know, always different, man. I never follow. I've never, never followed anyone in my life. I've always been a leader, and that's yeah. what I tell people. You know what I mean? You just be a leader, not a follower. Well, keep going, bro. Look where it's taking you, man. Yeah, that's it, man. Not done. We're not done yet either. Awesome, brother. Tazzy, thanks for joining me, brother. Mate, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram, Grant Tazzy, T-A-S-S-I-E, Brown, on Instagram. And, yeah, Grant Tazzy Brown and obviously a lot of my, my training videos and um, my PT sessions um, and obviously training Luke and, and there's a lot of, lot of stuff, man. So, yeah, hit me up. Easy. Yeah, reach out to him if you're in Melbourne. If you're in Sydney, give him a follow anyway. And, um, yeah, guys, thanks for joining me, brother. It's great connecting. I really man. appreciate you.